Hey there, and welcome to the Corporate Side Hustler Podcast. And I am your host, Lisa Rigoli, HR manager by day, Instagram manager by night, a wife and a mom of two beautiful girls. Now in 2014, I walked away from the dream job. I worked nine plus years to get to. And here's the deal. I said no to this opportunity because I knew in my gut, I no longer wanted to climb the corporate ladder, but I wasn't ready to leave the corporate world. So I created this podcast channel to support you busy women, to maximize your time while juggling all the things. Each week, my guests and I are sharing how you can attract, nurture, and connect with your ideal audience with intentionality without spending countless hours online. We get the struggle of the juggle, and we want to remind you that you can build and run a profitable side business while working your demanding day job. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, Veronica, welcome to the show. Hey, Lisa, great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. And this conversation is going to be epic because I love (laughs) a good conversation around content. And I thought before we even dive into all the juiciness that you're going to share with us, I would love for you just to share a little bit about who you are. Oh, I would love to share that because it's, uh, I know that your audience will relate to this. You know, I've had the traditional corporate journey of going to school, getting my college degree and starting uh, to climb that corporate ladder in corporate America. And I live in this Northern California, right between the San Francisco Bay Area and the Silicon Valley. So I was very fortunate to, right out of college, get recruited by companies that I was very interested in, but also I had my niche even back then. You know, I loved software. I loved, you know, services online. And back in that day, there wasn't a whole lot online. So that was just one of those things that really interested me. And anything that had to do with a system conversion, I would raise my hand and volunteer to be part of that, sort of like that team that spearheaded, whether it was a converting from a system to a new system or just like troubleshooting a new way of doing things. And that's when I was in the Silicon Valley, just starting to do the whole online cash transactions. Like, you know, I was working with people like with PayPal back in the day, eBay, when they they just were not as big as they are now. It was just starting out this whole concept of, what do you mean we're going to be able to charge online? What? Yep. yep. (laughs) (laughs) And because I was so aggressive with my career in volunteering and just felt like I'll sleep later. I was able to get promoted very quickly and was part of doing that whole initial public offering, was part of that really energetic time in the Silicon Valley when, you know, a lot of us would be working 24-7, very unhealthy, but I wouldn't trade a single moment of it because I got so many valuable lessons that would serve me over and over again later when I would start my own business. So that led me to the ultimate corner office in San Francisco, right there by Union Square and near Chinatown. And I literally had the corner office, the corner office with a big title and a team and the compensation plan. When I started to think about that, there had to be more to that. I had my grandmother who raised me was, she broke her ankle and needed to be not only hospitalized and have surgery, but also needed to have a lot of physical therapy. And that's when I started to go down this journey of, I'm not fully present at work. I'm not fully present with home with my grandmother, and I'm not fully present at home. So I made that tough decision after a lot of thinking and going back and forth and just feeling like I can't keep that pace up. I was so torn. 
that I made the decision to start my consulting practice. And that was late 2010. That was my first business of starting to do business consulting, CFO, accounting type of consulting on the side for startup companies that were here in the Silicon Valley as well, since that had been my network. And so that was the beginning of the journey that ultimately led me to not only continue to build the CFO consulting side of my practice, but then in 2016, really honed in on realizing that there was this whole online space that I needed to learn and be a part of. And I didn't know the language. I didn't have a social media profile. I didn't know what they meant with creating content. I, I learned it the not the hard way because I invested in a coach. I invested in a marketing coach. I invested in courses and programs. And I just was ready to dive in and try something new to expand my existing business. But through that journey, it led me to then also help my fellow CFO or accounting, bookkeeping, tax professionals who I saw needed my help in teaching them how to show up online and show off their expertise. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is content, content, content to grow your business, show up online or expand your career. There's so much goodness that you talked about in there. And I think so many of my listeners can relate to kind of this being in it and climbing that corporate ladder, being like in the space of I'll sleep later, but then realizing (laughs) that, hey, this is probably not really what I truly want to do. And how when you made the pivot to do your, your own thing, you didn't just do it on the fly. You were very intentional with, okay, what do I need Mm -hmm. to invest in in order to get Mm -hmm. the skills in order to be where you're at? I know I can personally relate to that. And I think this is like a great pivot now to talking about the content and talking about how to create that content that really attracts and connects with our clients. And -hmm. you really talk about a few different ways in order to do that. Specifically, one is through carousels. Can you share a little Mm -hmm. bit about why carousels? You know, I thought that carousels were going to be something that I could truly educate my audience on because carousels to me are just like a mini PowerPoint slideshow. <laughs> so, I would agree. <laughs> right. Yep. And so I was able to really like convey that, that example by relating it to something that already exists in the corporate language, you know, in our corporate background. And so I said a carousel is almost like a mini slideshow. If you can think of it like an arc, you have an introductory slide and then let's say the end slide that you, that's your call to action. What do you want your audience to do? And in the middle, you're going to either introduce the topic, you're going to, you know, hit the top two, three, four, points and then end it. So it was easy for me to show them how to create a carousel being like a little mini slideshow where they could really showcase their expertise, maybe share an example, keep it short and sweet to the point, not feel like they had to cram everything in the kitchen sink into one slide, that they had enough breathing room to take their viewer, reader, you know, their audience on a little bit of a journey to really convey a message or share a story or provide value in a way that it doesn't seem like, oh my God, it's such a busy slide. I'm just going to skip it and not really grab the attention of the reader. Okay. So two things. The fact that you even mentioned that it feels like a PowerPoint presentation for us corporate women, we can totally relate to that and be attracted to it. But the second thing I want to point out that you're talking about that really is capturing all of this is all, I want you all listeners to really think about when you're consuming content right now on the gram. And I know a lot of us right now are in reels, but when you're not on reels, think about how you probably do spend a lot of time with those carousels. Like there is this natural, I got to see what the second image is. Then the natural, mm-hmm. I got to see what the third image is. And it's drawing you in 
everything that Veronica just said is spot on as to why you would want to be just as intentional to create content in the way that she broke it down because we're all like pulled into wanting to keep swiping right and seeing mm-hmm. what's, what's behind door number one and door number two. So well that, that infamous swipe right. You know, if I could just add to that, because the if we're talking about Instagram as the platform where we're sharing these carousels, the other benefit to that is that your whoever's following you, they don't just see that first image. Later on, they'll see the second and then the third. So yeah. the, the likelihood that they're going to see your content at different points in time during the day is so much higher than just a one image static post. Such a great reminder because I actually forget that often. And it isn't until I see someone's new post, and I guess it's not a really new post, but I see mm-hmm. the post in my feed and I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't see that image. And it's because I didn't swipe right. And the algorithm mm-hmm. pushing that other image to me. So I really, really good call out. Now, another thing that you talk about that I think will play really nicely to the carousel is also creating content that's shareable. What's the value behind it and what should we be doing differently? So the shareable content is just kind of, again, something, if we're going to stick with the carousel, and again, I'm just going to quickly say, I usually will turn, convert my carousels into like a mini video if I'm using Canva so that I can get even more repurposing out of that, what I just created. But if you're sharing content that is showing them how to do something or a tip or, you know, just really kind of like a a quick checklist of how to install or do maintain or do something uh, using a specific tool or a, a specific framework. When you have that last call out, you're saying either save it for later to reference later when you need it, or you're saying share it with somebody who needs to see this or who needs to hear this today. By you creating the kind of content that your audience will then share, you're making them the hero. You're basically saying, hey, go share this with your community and your community is going to appreciate you thinking about them by sharing this type of content that you believe will help them to get a transformation, a quick win, go get through a challenge or learn how to do something new that will be of value for, you know, whether it's a time management tip or even a new tool that you know how to use. If you're creating that kind of content that is going to help somebody get a transformation, get a quick win, that's the kind of shareable content that we're talking about. When you say, hey, let me know if you liked it or save it for later or share it with your community, either one of those or all of those is going to be an easy action item for somebody in your you know your audience to do because you just gave them the valuable content you created it for them to then share it with their community okay so there was something that you said earlier that you just kind of sped by really fast that I want to make sure everyone heard really clearly. Just trying to cram everything no, in No, you're doing great. No, I meant it in a good way of like, you threw uh-huh. it in there like it was like, oh, and by the way, I do this. And then you, it's the repurposing piece. Like I love repurposing content. So will you just share that in a little bit more detail of how you sure. take your carousel and turn it into the video? Absolutely. So I'm going to take actually a, a step back. Whenever I'm sitting down to create content, I'm already thinking, what are three different ways that I can reframe or repurpose that content? And repurpose to me doesn't mean copy and paste. It means yes. like, you know, <laughs> it just, you know, it really truly means think about the platform where I'm going to be resharing that in. And specifically with a carousel, a carousel is not as easily shared 
on a platform like LinkedIn or even Facebook. It shows up differently. So I'm thinking, okay, let me create this carousel for Instagram, but then I'm going in Canva. I use Canva to create the graphics. So in Canva, I then just kind of do a, I copy that file over, I make a copy and I get rid of the arrows or I get rid of whatever doesn't seem like it's appropriate for me because I'm going to convert it into a video in Canva. I can easily do that with effects. And so now I add music to it. I shorten the clips. You know, some of them are a quick read. It's maybe a couple of words. So that's not going to get as long as of a time as the other slide that may have more writing in it. So I can, I can really manipulate the slideshow by converting it into a video in Canva, adding music to it. So now it up levels, it starts to look differently. And maybe I'll even change the color of that very first slide so that it looks a little differently and, and fresher. Now I download it from Canva and I can upload it into LinkedIn. And maybe the week later, a week later, I can use that video and upload it into Facebook as well. Love it. Thank you. I just wanted to make sure everyone really honed in on that goodness because sometimes we overcomplicate the process and think we always have to be putting out new, 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 as opposed Mm -hmm. to how do we take our existing information and tweak it and mold it ever so slightly to ensure Mm -hmm. that it's still repeating the message, but just in a different way. Exactly. And absolutely, you know, I always think the choice of even like the choice of music even starts to let people know a little bit about your personality. (laughs) So, yep. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Now, the other thing that I want to make sure that we recap a little bit before we end in the last piece is that you're hitting a lot of good gems around being intentional with that shareable cover piece, if you will, of what's going to be put on someone else's stories, which is that infographic, that quote, that thing that's going to really get someone feeling like, oh my gosh, this was so good. I can't help but want to reshare it to my page. And I know sometimes we overthink, like, what does that really juicy thing have to be? And I really want to challenge my listeners to think about all the things that you feel pushed or pulled, if you will, to share, chances are you're probably resharing those quotes that someone had from their Twitter account, or you're sharing a fun meme, or you're doing something that is talking about your favorite reality TV show, which Veronica, we didn't talk about if you have a favorite reality TV show, but those are the things that I talk about all the time on my page. And I tend to have um, quotes or references in my posts or that. So people are more likely to share that because we can all relate on that topic. And it doesn't always have to be business. It's just putting your information in front of other viewers when people feel inclined to share it. Would you agree? Exactly. Oh, 100% I agree. Yeah. Um, I also want to add to that. It's like when you were talking about stories, it just triggered something for me where stories is such a great platform for us to document our own journey or to add our point of view for that quote or that article or that show that we're watching. Because when you talk to a girlfriend and you're sharing like, I just actually, I just got a text. My best friend's husband, he thinks of me all the time when he's watching a show and he'll think, oh, she's going to love this. Last night, he texted me three shows that I need to check out. I haven't, I haven't looked at the shows yet, but <laughs> that's the kind of thing where I could go on Instagram stories today or LinkedIn stories or face, you know, there's stories everywhere now, but just talking about my point of view or why I love that show or why, you know, don't like it. Giving that insight in addition to what you're sharing, again, is allows your viewer, your follower to connect with you on a different level other than that business topic or the professional topic that you're discussing. It's about getting to know the human behind the business or behind the job. 
Well said. Well said. Love that. Okay, let's end with our last tip that you have for us, which is a quick how-to, whether it's a desk care video showing the viewer how to do something or to give kind of that quick win. Okay, so this is one of my favorite tips to share because I know that our corporate our corporate professionals don't always think that they're ready for video. And I would challenge that because I, I wasn't ready for video as well. But in the beginning, and I still do it so many years later, you can share your desktop. And one of my favorite tools to use these days is Loom. Loom is free. L-O-O-M is free. I use the paid version because I use it so much. But you can have the option to just record your desktop or you can record your desktop with a picture of you on the corner or your desktop and you to camera or you to camera. So many options. So that should not let you. (laughs) So many, too many. But you should really think about, is there something that you could teach your audience? Even if it's just hearing your voice while you're navigating something on the desktop to give your reader, your viewer, your watcher a win on how to absorb the content that you're sharing. Content is just your message and that you're conveying it through an example, a story, a case study, or a step-by-step how-to. Using Loom, which is, you know, it's just like a plug that you can just launch anytime you want. You can do a quick little one minute, two minute, five minute video. It's you speaking to them about what you're doing, what you're teaching, why it's important. They're hearing your voice. You're connecting on a whole other level. Just like you're listening to this podcast, you're in their ear, but you're teaching them something and you don't have to worry about being on camera and messing up because all you're doing is showing them how to do something to get a transformation, to get a quick win. So don't let the video portion of it stop you from actually showing up for your audience because after all, you are not showing up for yourself. You're showing up for your audience to provide them with value, be of service, to give them something that will help them in that moment at that time. By you helping them, it will start to strengthen that relationship that you want to build with them. That no like, and trust factor takes time. Be patient. It doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen one action step at a time. So well said. And what's coming to mind for me, because this is such a great reminder of like how you can have these simple tools, whether it's free or you pay for it, that helps just elevate some of the behind the scene things that you do. And I don't know if you would agree, but one of the things I'm noticing that's trending right now with Reels is kind of the how-to uh, Canva part one or the how-to... <laughs> do something uh, part two. And a lot of people are recording on their phones. And I believe you can actually get the Loom app on your phone and do the same thing that Veronica is saying from a desktop perspective to share some of those little quick hits and tips and things that you're doing just to get that out there. Because I know that I'm binging on all those uh, behind the scenes that people are doing because I want to know. Like Even if I don't actually do anything with it, it allows me to know that person a little bit more and they become my go-to when I do decide that now it's going to be the day I'm going to up my game in Canva. I have my two or three people that I'm going to go to because of the videos that they're sharing from on their desktop or their phone. Just by you consuming their content, they're staying top of mind and you're already yes. saying, I know who to go to. That's the whole thing. You guys, it's just about really being the, out there I always use this analogy. I'm going to take a detour real quick. But when you have, if you were to have a store, you're not going to wait until the customer walks through the store to start filling it in your inventory so they have something to look at and go try on or buy. 
So that's the same thing with your content, with whatever platform you're choosing, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Twitter, whatever. You are building the inventory inside of your storefront so that when your client is ready to go, come by or at least check you out to see what you've got to sell, what are you all about? Is there something there that interests them? You're already building up the inventory so they have a variety of things to look at when they walk through your store. Love which is your it. social media platform. Exactly. Well said. And I love that analogy just to remind people of the whole reason of why we put content out there. So well said. Well, how can people get connected with you? How can people learn more about you and all that kind of good stuff? Well, I'm definitely on LinkedIn under Veronica L. Sagastimi, but my website is the my central hub where I offer a lot of free resources and all my social media channels are at the bottom at the footer of the of my website as well. But, you know, come say hello, connect with me on on uh, DM, on, on Instagram. I was going to say LinkedIn, but I'm on <laughs> LinkedIn. I'm everywhere. <laughs> but I do, I love it when people uh, contact me and they're like, I heard you on the show or I thank you so much for recommending this tool. We like to hear back from the people that we're, you know, showing up for. So let us know how you, how you like the show and uh, where you heard us. Thank you for that, Veronica. And all the links um, that we have Veronica for, for Veronica will be shared in the show notes. Please follow her. She is so easy to talk to. She truly does welcome DMs. And um, with that said, I just want to say thank you, Veronica, for sharing all of this goodness with us. And we're so happy that you were here with us today. Thank you, Lisa. It was great to be here. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, here's what I want you to do. Take a quick screenshot of you listening to the Corporate Side Hustler podcast and upload the image to your Instagram stories and tag me in it at the Corporate Side Hustler. I would love to hear from you and connect with you on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you the same time next week. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye for now.